Okay. So I'm launching a survey. Question is, will the job market be more or less competitive as we come out of this? Now, I did the same survey mm, a few weeks ago, three, three, four weeks ago, maybe. And um, I'm very curious to see what your responses are. So question is, will the job market be more or less competitive as we start to come out of this, whenever that is? All right. So go ahead and respond to that if you can, if you're able. Go ahead and respond to that. So today, what are we talking about? We're talking about how to stop overthinking your speech. How to stop overthinking your speech so you can speak freely. So first, we're going to talk about what it means to overthink your speech. We're going to talk about the impact that that has on your communication. And then finally, we'll talk about how to stop overthinking your speech and probably some of the benefits of that. Okay. What does it mean to overthink your speech? What kind of an impact does that have on your communication? And then how can you overcome it? So let's take a look here at the survey that we posted. So right now, we have about 20 people who responded. It's good, about 80% of the audience, and 95% said more competitive. Now, I want to go back and look, and if the data is there, when I posted this just a few weeks ago, let's just call it a month, um, quite a few people actually said, less competitive. And now we're seeing people say more competitive. And one of the things that I'd like for you to keep in mind, let me just uh, get this poll out of here. One of the things that I'd like for you to keep in mind is that as we move through this, the, the entire landscape, um, especially in the job market, is changing. And it will continue to change. Things will never quite be the same doesn't mean things won't get better or get much better, but they'll never be the same. One of the things that you're going to see that happens is people are going to start doing um, a lot more stuff online, right? Uh, companies are going to start doing a lot more uh, virtual meetings. People are going to be, a lot more people are going to be working from home. Uh, people are already doing virtual interviews, right? So a lot of stuff is already happening, but now uh, individuals <clears throat> and companies are being forced to do it. So they're figuring out very quickly. And some people are going to continue to do things virtually. Okay. That means that you're going to need to continue to develop your communication skills because you're still going to have to do virtual meetings via video, via audio, right? Maybe not necessarily in person. And of course, as things begin to open up, people are going to be going back into the office and we are going to be interacting in person, but your communication skills are not going to be less important just because we're doing things virtually. Because um, again, many people are going to be looking for jobs, looking for new jobs um, to supplement their income or just wanting to move up or do something different. Many people are going to want to be starting their own businesses, even if it's on the side, right? And in order to do that, you're still going to need excellent communication skills. So the reason I ask is, the reason I ask if you thought the job market would be more or less competitive 
is that if you're starting your own company or you're applying for a new job or you're wanting to move up in your current job, you're going to be competing against other people. And yes, they're going to look at your qualifications. They're going to look at your technical skills. That's what you're able to do, right? What you're technically able to do in your field, whatever that is. But they're also going to be looking at your communication skills. They're not only going to be looking at it, but they're going to be watching it, listening to it, and experiencing it. So you are going to need, going forward, to have excellent communication skills. Okay? Excellent communication skills. So some people are saying that they're not seeing my video. Uh, can you guys just let me know? If you're able to see my video, okay, some people, you may not be able to see it clearly um, for whatever reason, but if most people can see it clearly and if most people can hear it, then it's probably something on your end. You can see the video fine. Yes, yes, yes. Great. All right. So I'm going to get back. Um, if anyone has a problem with it totally going out, if more than one people, more than one person uh, sees that, let me know and we'll get back into it. Okay, good. So the landscape is going to be more competitive. You're going to need to have excellent communication skills. And one of the things that can interfere with your having excellent communication skills is you overthinking your speech. So what does it mean to overthink your speech? While I'm sharing with you what I believe this means to overthink your speech, go ahead and type into the chat box what you believe, what you think it means to overthink your speech. And I'm just going to start sharing some thoughts about that now. So when people overthink their speech, they may anticipate uh, having struggles with certain words or phrases, right? So they may start anticipating, okay, I'm going to say this, and I might have trouble in these words. So this, this would be for people who may struggle with their speech in terms of stuttering or stammering, right? There's a whole nother side to this. What if you don't stutter or stammer? You may overthink your speech by thinking about how you want to construct and how you want to articulate your thoughts. So some people actually think out exactly what they want to say. And we'll talk about why, like why do people do that? So what do I want to say? And I want to make sure that this comes out perfectly. And we'll talk about why. So they think about exactly what they want to say. They may begin to anticipate whether or not the people out there are going to approve of what they're saying, right? So depending on who's in the room and who you're speaking with, you may begin to anticipate, well, if I say it this way, it'll have this kind of impact. And if I say it that way, it'll have that kind of impact. And I wonder what this person will think about it if I say it. So they start overthinking. They start thinking about what they want to say, how they want to say it, how it may impact, right? how people may perceive what they're saying. Now, what's behind this? Well, one of the things that's behind this is a fear of criticism, right? There's that fear. So let's just put up here this word fear because it's a driving factor that causes people to overthink. So some people are afraid of being criticized. Well, if I say it this way, they may not like it or they may not receive it the way I want them to receive it. So there's a fear of being criticized because perhaps you haven't communicated it perfectly, so you think. 
there's a fear of being rejected. So if we're criticized, we feel like we might be rejected, rejected by people in authority, rejected by our colleagues, rejected by the people that we're friends with, right? So there's this underlying fear of criticism and rejection. Then there's the fear of judgment, right? Which is the whole thing. There's this fear that people are constantly out there watching, listening to you, picking apart what you're saying, seeing if you're saying it the right way. If, ah, gotcha, you didn't say it right. So there's this fear of judgment, fear of criticism, fear of rejection, fear of judgment, fear of failure. Wow, man, if I don't say this just right, so you know, I'm going to raise my hand and I want to share a thought. And if this doesn't come out just right, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to fail. I'm going to be a failure. So fear is one of the primary driving factors behind people overthinking their speech. Now there's another one, perfectionism. Sometimes people want things to be perfect, right? They want them to be perfect. So they want to make sure that whatever they say is absolutely perfect. They want the words, they want the grammar, they want everything, the way that their expressions, they want it to be perfect. And what can happen is, I had a client who told me that she was in meetings. She would only share a very small percentage, a very small percentage of what she actually thought, right? So she have all of these great ideas but she only shared a very, very small percentage of what she was thinking. So people never really got to hear uh, what she was thinking. They never got the full impact. They never really got to be impressed by her thoughts and her intellect and her insight because she would filter it all out. To just a very, very small percentage of what she actually had up there. And so we worked together um, in private coaching and what she was able to do, primarily through modeling, was to get out of her own way. And what she began to tell me, in fact, she wrote up a nice little review, that as she went into meetings, she felt more confident. She was able to really start to share her thoughts, articulate her ideas in a very, very confident manner. And she could see on the faces of the people there that they were nodding, they were smiling. People were asking her to... Uh, take over this, to share this, to give them um, her ideas and so forth and so on. Why? Because she was able to get out of her way. She was able to stop overthinking her speech. So a lot of people do that for various reasons. One of them is fear and all of the things that we talked about there. The other one has to do with perfectionism, right? So what kind of an impact does this have on your speech? So we just talked about kind of what it looks like, what it means to overthink your speech. Let's talk about the impact this can have on your speech. Well, the impact is that it can prevent you from being creative. Sometimes you need to be creative. You need to be able to think creatively. You need to be able to think and speak on your feet, right? It can also interrupt on a, on a technical uh, level, interrupt the rhythm and flow of your speech. So we're talking about speaking smoothly. So if you're overthinking your speech, you may be starting and stopping, starting and stopping, and you may be backtracking, and you may be interrupting yourself. I call it when you interrupt yourself. Here's an example, someone interrupting yourself. So, well, um, what I'd really like, to, what I'd really like to say is when people, well, you know, when people interrupt, when they, you know, when, right. So if I spoke like that, 
you're like, oh my God, come on, get on with it, right? You wouldn't be able to sit and watch or listen to me because I'm interrupting myself. I'm interrupting the rhythm and flow of my speech. I'm interrupting my creativity, my ability to access the information that I have and stream that to you and share it with you if I were to overthink my speech, okay? So the impact that it has, the ultimate impact is that people, it makes it difficult for people to listen to you. I want you to remember these because we're gonna come back to this. Makes it difficult for people to listen to you, to trust you, and to be influenced influenced by you. Now, someone might say, well, why are these things important? Why is it important for people to listen, trust, and be influenced? Well, believe it or not, virtually all of you want people to listen to you, right? When you're speaking, you don't want people off doing something else, right? You want them to pay attention, want them to hear you, want them to listen to you, right? You also want them to trust you. Why do you want them to trust you? Well, if someone says, ah, I doubt that that's true. I mean, have you, this is, this has happened to all of us. I'm sure you said something and people doubted you. They just didn't think what you were saying was accurate. They didn't think it was true. That, that kind of hurts, right? When people don't believe you, right? When they don't believe you, they're not going to be influenced or persuaded by you, right? So when you speak, you want people to listen. You want them to trust what you're saying, wherever you are. If you're in an interview, if you're in an office, if you're in a meeting, if you're making a presentation, if people don't listen to you and they don't trust what you're saying, they don't think it's accurate, they don't believe it, they're certainly not going to be persuaded by you. They're not going to be influenced by you. Why do you want people to be influenced? Well, let's just say you have an opinion about something. You've done the research. You're smart you're intelligent, you're sharing your thoughts, your opinion about something in a meeting, and you believe that this will help your section, your individual, your your company or whatever, your unit. Well, if people are not listening to you or they don't trust you, they're not going to say, you know what, that's a great idea. Let's let's work on this. Let's do this. Um, They're not going to say, well, you know what, you're exactly right about that. They're not going to be influenced. They're not going to listen. They're not going to do anything. If you want to be an influencer, then people are going to need to listen to you and trust you. And one of the things that can prevent that from happening is if you overthink your speech. Why? Because when you speak, you're not going to be speaking in a way that people want to listen to you. Your speech is going to be choppy. You're going to be interrupting yourself. You're not going to be projecting confidence. You're not going to be projecting authority. And when you don't do that, people they're not really going to trust what you're saying and therefore they won't be influenced and you won't be able to get anything done. You won't be able to impact people's lives in the way that you could if they listen to you, if they trust you, and if they were influenced, if they were even willing to be influenced by you. So let's talk now about the third thing, which is how do I stop overthinking my speech? How do I stop overthinking my speech? Very, very easy way for you to remember this. And we're going to call this. So I want you to remember this. You may want to jot this down. Present 
in 3D, present in 3D. And I'll explain what I mean by this, present in 3D. So this word present is really cool because it's got at least three different meanings. So here's a way for you to remember this. Number one, think about it this way. You must be fully present in order to present your present to your listener. Let me repeat that again. You must be fully present to present your present to your listener. So remember that phrase. You must be fully present to present your present to your listener. Inside of this, there's three dimensions to the word present, and this is going to help you unlock your ability to stop overthinking your speech so that you can speak freely, so that you can share your thoughts, so that you improve your communication skills. So let's talk about this word present. When you think about presentation, a very important word in there, what is it? Present. So present, there's the adjective that describes uh, the fact that you are here right now in this place at this time, I am present. So let's go a little deeper in this. You need to be fully present for your listener. Meeting, interview, presentation, conversation. You want to be fully present. So what does it mean to be fully present? I'd like for you to go ahead and type in, if you can, type into the chat box what you think it means to be fully present. I'm going to go ahead and explain it, but I'd like to see some of your answers now. Fully present. So here's an example, as a specific example. You're having a conversation. Now, let's talk about an interview, for example. You're in an interview, and this happens. My wife used to interview people. She used to hire people all the time. You're in an interview, and you are so anxious or nervous that you're thinking about what you want to say that you're not really listening. When I say you, I'm not talking about you specifically, but the person is not really listening to the questions the interviewer is asking. They're not fully present. They're in their head thinking about, okay, I'm going to say this. I hope I don't do that. I hope I look good. I hope I'm impressing them. I want to make sure that I answer these questions that I prepared. So they don't really listen to the questions the interviewers ask. So the interviewer asks them a specific question. That person is not fully present. They hear parts of the question, but they hear what they want to hear. They hear the question that they are prepared to answer. They didn't really hear the question that the interviewer asked. So what tends to happen, I've seen this happen. Perhaps I've even done it. My wife has seen this happen. You've probably seen it happen. Well, the person then answers a different question. They don't even ask, answer the question that was asked of them. Okay. So then the interviewer's there taking notes. One of the things I said was a person has poor listening skills. They didn't even answer the question that I asked them. All right. Why? because they weren't fully present. They weren't listening to what the person was saying, so they weren't able to answer. That's just one example. Another example is you're in a conversation with someone. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and you can barely finish what you're saying? The person's like, yeah, 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 and then they go in and they start talking about whatever they want to say, right? Has that ever happened to you? That happens, and sometimes I have clients who do that. I'm like, they've asked me a question and I'm sharing, and they're like, yeah, yeah, and then they start talking. Okay, so this can happen. This happens a lot. So the person isn't fully present. They're hearing what you're saying a little bit, 
but then they start thinking about what they want to say before you even finish. Now they're not really listening. They're just thinking about what they want to say. And then they start to talk. They start to talk over you. They start, before you get finished, they start to talk. So that person's not fully present. And I will call them on it. I'll say, hey, here's one of the things you can begin to work on is slowing down, pausing, waiting until the person's finished. Now, I understand there's some environments where you might need to jump in, right? But that doesn't happen all the time. So being fully present, here's a definition that I'm going to give to you. It's emptying out your mind. So if someone's talking or if you're in an interview, you empty your mind when that person's talking and you just absorb what they're saying. You watch them, you listen to it, you absorb, and then you trust that you're going to be able to give the right answer. Now, you may have, okay, yeah, I want to say this, this, and this, and boom, immediately put that aside, and you finish listening to what they're saying. If you're giving a presentation, you want to be fully present. We're going to talk about how. You want to be fully present in that moment with them, which means you don't want to be thinking about the past, about what happened in the last presentation you did. You don't want to be thinking about any of it. Even if it went well, you don't want to be thinking about that because it's distracting you. Why? It's distracting you from the present moment, from being fully present in that moment because you're thinking about the past. You don't want to be thinking about the future. Wow, if I do a good job on this, this is going to happen. I'm going to get that. Uh, Or if I don't do a good job, this is going to happen, right? You don't want to be thinking about the future. Why? Because you're not fully what? Present in the present moment, right? You want to be thinking about, and we'll talk about what you want to be thinking about in just a moment, but there's something that you want to be thinking about in that present moment, right? That will keep you focused and that will enable you to articulate your thoughts and to listen and to hear and to share and so forth and so on. So present, 3D. So there's three presents here, right? Three presents. And here's the next one. So let's talk about this, talk about how you can use this so that you stop overthinking your speech. Well, one has to do with you being present in the current moment, right? Here, right now, you empty your mind. You don't think about the past. You don't think about the future. Someone says, well, how do I not think about something? I'm going to get to that in just a moment. The second one has to do with, it's a verb, you are giving, you're giving, right? Presenting, you present, so you give, you give. What is it that you're giving? So when you are presenting, right? When you're giving a presentation, when you're in an interview, you're having a conversation, you want to focus on giving to that person, giving. Now, some of you have heard me talk about Vic and Rick. I'm going to bring it up because it's a very important thinking model or framework. So you're giving. What are you giving? Well, you're giving a gift. Okay. And here's where Vic and Rick comes in. What are you giving to your audience? What are you sharing with your audience? What you're doing is you are sharing something that's valuable valuable for the V, relevant for the R, right? Something that's valuable. You want to make sure that you're giving this gift of value to whomever you're speaking with. You want to make sure that you're giving something in a way that's 
impacting them, that's engaging them, that's inspiring them. So this is the I, impacting and inspiring. You know, make sure that you're impacting the people that you're speaking so that when they're there with you sharing, listening to you and speaking with you, they feel like you're listening to them. They feel like, wow, I really like talking to this person. I really like talking with this person. I like being around this person. They really pay attention to me. They really are sharing something that's helpful, right? So something that's valuable, something that's impacting them, inspiring them, and something that is clear. This is the C in Vic and Rick. Something that's clear. That is, they want to be able to hear you. They want to be able to understand what you're saying. You want to have it structured in a way that they can follow what you're saying. You're not all over the place. You want to speak with a style that allows them to hear what you're saying. You're not mumbling. You're not speaking too fast. You're not speaking too loud. You're not speaking too low. You're not speaking, right? So they want to be able to understand. It needs to be clear. The, the style and the structure of what you're saying needs to be clear. And this is a gift. This is the gift that you're giving. You're presenting to them this gift of your knowledge, your information, or just the gift of listening. So 3D, you want to present in 3D. What do you want to present? First, you want to be present, fully there, not thinking about the past, not thinking about the future, thinking about that moment. What do you think in that moment? You think about the value that you want to give them. You think about something that's relevant to them, something that's important to them and to you. You think about impacting and inspiring them in that moment. You think about clarity in that moment, right? And you want to think about what you're doing as you're sharing. You're giving something that's important, something that's valuable. This shifts your focus away from, ooh, they're looking at me. They're judging me. What will happen if I don't say this perfectly? What will happen if I make a mistake? What will happen? No. You push that aside and you're just thinking about what you want to give to them and share with them. So someone says, well, how do I stop thinking about something? How do I not think about something? So I just want to flip the page and just give you a little indication an example. So this is A and this is B. And what, so this is the thing that you don't want to think about, right? You don't want to think about A. Whatever A is, A could be anticipating, anticipating uh, words that you might have trouble with, or overthinking the structure of your sentence or how you're going to structure your thought, just overthinking that. This is what you don't want to think. This can apply to anything that you want to stop thinking. What you do want to think is B, right? You do, you do want to think this here. Yes. This is what we want to think. Well, what many people do, unfortunately, is they start thinking about, they start thinking about not thinking about A. Here's what I mean. I know this to be a fact because I've actually asked people. I said, when you were giving that presentation, when you were just speaking, what were you thinking about? What do they say? Well, some of them say things like, uh, I was trying to avoid getting stuck, or I was trying not to do such and such a thing. So they were thinking the negative. They were thinking, I don't want A. I don't want A. I don't want to do A. I don't want to think about A. So what do they 
think about, what do they think about when they're trying not to think about A? They're thinking about A, right? When they're trying not to think about A, they're actually thinking about A, thinking about not doing A, avoiding A, hoping A doesn't happen. So what do we need to do if we want to think about B? Well, first of all, we have to know what B is. Some of you have heard me say this before. What is B? What is this other thing that I want to think about? Well, I just gave you that, right? When you are in a conversation, you're in an interview, you're in a presentation, you're in a meeting, what should you be thinking about? You want to be thinking about, I want to be fully present here with this person. And I want to make sure that I'm sharing, that I'm giving something of value, something that's impact, something that's fine. Make sure that I'm clear, right? So you're tuned in to that listener, tuned in to that person. That's all you want to be thinking about, okay? So you want to know, what do I want to think about, right? And then you want to push, you want to gently push A out by substituting A with B. So how do you stop thinking about something? You start thinking about something else. You don't try to stop this. You don't try to, this is why when we talk about stuttering or stammering, it's not the only thing. It could be anything, right? When we talk about that, we, we don't talk about how do you stop doing it. We just talk about how do you replace it with something better. We push that out and pull this in. So you push out this overthinking. How? By pulling in presenting in 3D. By pulling in this focusing on your audience, being tuned into your audience, being present, giving your audience or giving the listener a gift, the gift of your knowledge. Does this make sense? So. You have to know what it is that you want to think about, that you want to do, and then you think about that and you focus on that and nothing else. This will take care of itself. You don't have to worry about this. It will take care of itself. So this is very, very, very important, and it's also very practical. So what I've shared with you is a framework. It's a framework for you to use when you're presenting. I had... Um, one of my clients said, wow, this has been very, very helpful. We talked about Vic and Rick. Very, very helpful. Giving a presentation, shifting my focus over to the audience and how I want to give to the audience. It keeps you from getting distracted about all those other things that can pull you off track and cause you to become anxious, that can interfere with your creativity, your smoothness, right? Now, there are some more uh, tactical things that we are not going to talk about in this video in terms of airflow and all of those things. Those are things that you literally have to practice. You have to practice it, right? Uh, they're, they're physical actions, physical behaviors that you have to turn into a habit, into a pattern. So we've talked about those in other webinars, and we'll talk about them in future ones. Right now, what we're talking about is something that's more psychological, something that's more mental, that drives everything else. This has to do with your feeling confident, right? So when you are presenting in 3D, right, you must be fully present so that you can present your present to your listener. What this does is it gives you greater confidence. You feel more confident. Like as I'm speaking to you now, I'm not really thinking about what you're thinking of me. I'm not thinking about people judging my speech, even though I know that there are people. Sometimes, well, he speaks too slow 
or he speaks too fast, or he's not moving enough. Oh, that's okay. My goal is to make sure that I'm fully present here right now, not thinking about the future, not thinking about the past, fully present, and that I'm giving you and presenting to you the gift of something that's valuable, something that hopefully is inspiring, something that's engaging, right? Something that's impactful and that it's clear. That's my only job. And those of you who receive it, who want it and who need it, you'll take it, you'll use it. Those of you who don't, then you won't. And that's okay. I can't really worry about that. So what I want to do now is have Sakshi come in and share an example of how she was able to be fully present. And I don't want to really go into her example, but how she's able to be fully present and really implement what we're talking about. So give me, give me a moment or two and let's try to bring Sakshi on board here. Uh, let me find Sakshi. So give me just a moment, guys. Um, and thank you so much for all being here. And I hope that so far this has been helpful for you. Okay. So Sakshi, I'm inviting you on um, with your webcam and your microphone, and I'll probably mute mine. Oh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Thank you so much, Michael, for that wonderful presentation. I learned a lot today. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you to all of you for joining today. And uh, I feel really grateful to be able to share my uh, experience with all of you. Um, so recently I was talking to a friend of mine about a research idea. And uh, while I was talking to him, I was totally present in the moment and I was thinking about my topic. I was thinking about how my topic can impact the lives of people and because of that passion, I was able to express myself fully and in the moment. And uh, that really helped me communicate clearly. And even now, while I'm talking to you, I'm feeling more and more present to what I'm communicating with all of you and sharing the fact if we do put these things into practice, the present in 3D, it's amazing i mean i'm gonna write it down and put it up on my board to remind myself <laughs> because this is really great um yeah so yeah i think this works it worked for me when i was talking to my friend about it about my research idea and the very fact that my idea had something to offer to to this person it might inspire that person to think about his own uh, idea and um so the very fact of me feeling that I was giving something through what I'm talking about helped me speak clearly. So that's something that I had gone through. Thank you for letting me share today. Well, sure, don't, don't go anywhere. Um, just a couple more questions. You, you have a class that you need to get to. So, so what time do you need to leave? Do you have another five or 10 minutes or do you? Yes, I do have. Five or ten okay. minutes. Yes. Five or ten minutes. Great. So you also um, had an experience, and I don't know if this is the same one where you had to be be present and talk about your your ideas in some kind of a I don't know a presentation environment. I don't know if that's happened. If it did, maybe you can share about that. And you've also be, been doing some stuff with your Buddhist organization. Mm. You've had some presentations there. So 
share a little bit about um, the feedback you got from from those things and how this worked with that. Yeah, I think so. It was last week when uh, I had to present in one of the research symposiums that happened online. And um, so I had to present about my research topic and also I had to share a couple of slides and uh, what process I went through. So while I was talking about it, I was thinking about, okay, this is what I have done. And this is what people who are listening to me can take back from my work and use in their own projects. And so that was something that, that had happened when I was presenting. And uh, I have many Buddhist meetings every week. And every time I share, because I have personally been, been practicing Buddhism for about eight years. And uh, because it is in my life and uh, I have gone through victories and uh, experiences, so the very passion that I feel when I talk about Buddhism, it just touches people's lives. And when I share a Buddhist concept or a study, uh, it really touches people's lives. And after the meeting, they always come back to me and tell me, oh, what you said was great. I could really relate to what you said. And one lady also came up to me and said, the way you speak is very articulate. And I was... I was amazed because I was this person before who really used to struggle with just being able to say my name or just being able to say what I want to say. And so to see this transformation over a period of years, uh, months actually, and for me to be able to sustain it over a period of time, it has been great. I mean, uh, we often, when we are in that state in life when we feel that nothing is moving forward i am not able to express myself am i going to be this way my entire life and that really makes us feel so hopeless but i think pro 90d is a program which really gave hope to me that no matter how badly i speak right now i can speak well i am an excellent speaker i mean it has everything that one's one needs to be able to become an excellent speaker. And I have personally experienced it in my life. Like right now, as I'm talking, I'm just, I'm just so grateful to have encountered Pro 90D and to be able to transform my speech that I have been able to come to the US and study at a place where I had never imagined I would. So I just wanna thank Michael once again. I, I can't stop thanking him enough though. So just a little background, uh, Sakshi and I started when you were in India and you were, I don't know if this was, be, I know you, you came into contact with Pro90D, was this before you went to college or when you were in college, before your master's degree, right? You were in college. So yes, this was 2013, I guess, 2013 or 2014, yeah. Uh -huh. And you started out with the self-study, I think, and you started working through that, then you wanted to get a little more serious. Uh, when you were doing your master's degree, and you have a master's in what? In clinical psychology. Is that yes. correct? Yeah, yes. master's in clinical psychology. So then we started doing coaching. So you went from self-study, which is a great place to start for some of you. Then we did coaching. 
then you actually became a coach and you started coaching some of my clients. And then uh, you had a kind of a life transition and you, you got a job and started doing some other things. Then later I, I found out that, wow, Sakshi's over here in the U.S. in Harvard <laughs> University. So now you're here in Harvard and you're working on a what? Another master's in, in what? So I'm working on a master's in uh, uh, this field called prevention, science and practice. Mm -hmm. And so which basically talks about how we translate what we know into what we do and mm -hmm. how we translate what we do into what we know. So it is this field which yeah. it not many people know about it, but yeah, okay. it's growing steadily. And at some point in the future, you, you and I will be working together again and you'll be doing some, so I just want to let everyone know that, that you're back, you're even here in the U.S. and that we're going to be working together. But let me just um, present this, that something that, that you did when you first came on today that, that, you had, that, that you had improved on since our last webinar, right? So now we're going to get a little tactical just for just a quick moment. And it's something that, that I shared with you. I said, hey, make sure that you do this in your presentation, the one that you had you know, last week or whatever, and you did it today. Uh, what is it that you did when you started speaking today that got you into that rhythm, into that flow? Just share with us in the next minute or two what you did. Yeah, that's a great question. I think what I did was I started slow I started extending my words and I was constantly reminding myself of what you shared with us today about the 3D. Um, I think that really got me to be able to speak more smoothly than the last time. Because last time I felt I was a little nervous and I was like, you know, not going that slow and I was overthinking my speech. I, now I know what I was doing then. And today, because of what you shared, it primed me into being present and being aware that, okay, what I'm sharing will be of value to everyone on this webinar. And uh, also the idea of speaking slow and extending my words. I think these were some of the things that helped. Very good. Feel free to hop off whenever you need to. I'm just going to uh, affirm a few things you said and then share a couple of other things and then we're gonna wrap up. So whenever you need to, uh, to hop off, just let us know. But what you guys are seeing here is her implementing, implementing like immediately real time things that she's learning. Now, some of you have heard me talk about modeling. Well, she's already done that. She's kind of on the other side of that. <clears throat> she may still model in some ways, but you get to a place where you don't need to, to really model. But she's now starting to implement some of these other strategies and techniques that's built on top of the foundation of modeling. Okay. So some of you say, oh, okay, well, all she did was this. Well, that's not all she did because she's, she spent time doing the modeling and doing the work and now she's at this place but you can take what you learned today you can immediately implement it just understand it's part of an overall system an overall structure and program and that's why we want to be able to share with you let me just give me a second here um you know we know that these are 
these are kind of difficult times for all of us. And so what I've done is put together just a little, little, little program here, and it's, it consists of seven steps to quickly achieve smooth, calm, confident speech. Some of you already have this, but for those of you that don't, you might be watching the replay or you might be here now, uh, you're going to be able to get the videos and the audio and you'll be able to get the audio in a mobile application along with something called our Passive Learner Mental Trainer. Soxie's probably familiar with that. She's um, heard it for years now. But I'm packaging that, which I used to sell for like $99 by itself, the mental trainer. That's packaged in with the seven steps. And this is only like 19 bucks. It's like $20. <laughs> so I've never sold anything <laughs> for like $20. I either give away for free or it's you know, 100, 200, 300, 400,000. So this is $19.99. So if you're able to grab this, you're also going to get a mobile application that's downloadable. So I want to just encourage you to do that uh, because it's a great first step for you guys to take. So, Sakshi, before you uh, step out and before we kind of wrap up, anything else you'd like to share with people during these turbulent times? Anything that you want to? share yeah uh thank you for you know asking me to share there are two things that i'd like to share one is that please don't be too hard on yourselves and use this time to really build a skill uh, that you have always wanted to and i would say invest in yourself as well because this is a perfect time for you to reflect, dive in, and really do things that you have always wanted to do. So these are the two things that I would like you to say, because I uh, often ran away, like, because of my Indian mindset of not spending money on things <laughs> that I really need, I would often put things off and I would then be like, oh, why didn't I invest on myself earlier? And so I think it's always good to invest in yourself because these are skills that you're building that will last for a lifetime and that will help you earn more money in the future, get great jobs and really do well, impact people's lives. And so please invest in yourself. That's what I want to say. Thank you. Thank you. So we're just going to wrap up now uh, with any questions that you guys might have. So we'll just take, uh, you know, about another five minutes or so and answer some questions for you. Okay. So let's just uh, look here. Question for someone who just began modeling for three months. Should he, okay. So question for someone who just began modeling for three months. Should he focus on mastering only one modeling clip for three months? All right. So Abdullah, is he's in our self-study program. He is also part of our WhatsApp group. We have a really super engaged WhatsApp group that you can only become a part of when you enroll in our self-study. So if you're out there and you're watching this, you've probably got some time on your hands now. Even though you might be busy, you probably have a little more time. And one of the things that you may want to do is get into this WhatsApp group and the way you do that is to enroll in our self-study. Now, this seven steps is not the self-study. Our self-study is another program. Myra, can you put up the other program for us? The Ultimate Confident Speaker Success System. 
Um, yeah, I think now I don't know if that's it either. I don't know if I put that up, but not to worry, you're going to get an email that actually has a link to that larger program. So what Abdullah is talking about, and he's been a leader in that group. Uh, they are actually having meetings every single day. He's talking about modeling. And he's asking, you know, should I stay with the same clip for three months? And the question is, it depends, but you may get bored with practicing that same clip. And so it's perfectly okay for you to master that one clip and move on to another clip, master that clip and move on to another clip. By mastering, I mean, you want to spend time with that video clip, whether it's me or someone else, you spend time with that clip and you want to look at things we call this micro modeling, facial expressions, facial expression, body language, voice inflection, speed, emphasizing, right? You want to look at all those things, breathing, all that. And you want to get that down. You want to record yourself. You can do this in the mirror, but I also encourage you to record yourself so that when you are modeling, you feel like, this is the important thing, you feel like someone else. And people are going to have diff differing degrees to which they feel like someone else. Someone's going to feel 90% like someone. Someone else is only going to feel 40 right, or 50. But the key is when you're modeling, you're not, just, you're not just memorizing words and saying the words over and over. No, you actually stepped out of yourself and you feel like someone different. You feel more confident. You're speaking smooth. It's like, this isn't me. This isn't the way I speak, right? So that's the important thing. You got to feel like someone else. So when you're practicing modeling, you practice it long enough so that you actually feel like someone else. You've copied, mimicked some of the facial expressions, the hand gestures, the voice inflection. So you spend as much time as you need to, then you move on. You move on to something else. So some of my clients would spend first two to three weeks on one clip. Then after that, they would go and they work on two or three clips at a time. Okay. So it's okay for you to work on multiple clips once you've gotten one down. All right. Hope that that answered your question. All right, let's see. Hey, Michael, I have one question to you. If you had the chance to give your 18-year-old uh, three tips to take away the fear, giving him as much courage as possible and the same success in your speech you had today in a short amount of time, what three tips would you give yourself? So I believe the question is if you wanted to give uh, your 18-year-old three tips to kind of take away the fear, give him courage. In other words, to improve his communication skills and so forth. What three tips would I give them? Okay, I'm going to go back to something I just said. Um, one would be to pick a model. Have that person find someone that they admire. They like the way they speak. Uh, growing up, all of us practiced modeling. I've said this over and over you learn to do most of what you know how to do today, especially speaking. So mannerisms, all of that, you learn by modeling the people around you. So I would tell that person to find someone that they admire and to mimic that person, to mimic that person um, in conversations, in presentations, wherever, to literally study that person and try to become like that person as far as speech is concerned. That's number one. Number two, I would share with them to try to figure out what they're passionate about and how they feel like they can help other people, this idea of service. 
what does it have to do with speech and fear and conflict? Well, love and desire pushes out fear, right? So when you're talking about something that you're passionate about and you really want to communicate it, you're not as afraid of what other people might think, what other people might say. You're not as much in your own head because you're so passionate about giving this thing to other people. You're so excited about it. You're focused on that that you simply don't have time to be afraid. So I would say discover what your passion is, what you believe your calling is. Obviously, when a person is young, that's going to change, but you still can try to figure that out as you're growing up. So figure out what you're passionate about, what you believe you're called to do. That's number two. And then maybe the third thing would be, um, I would just share what we talked about today, right? Present in 3D. So obviously I'm not going to walk back through that. But just that whole idea of you don't want to focus on what other people are saying, what other people are thinking, and so forth. So you want to push that out by substituting it with something else that's much greater, that's much more powerful, it's much more positive. So what is that? Well, present yourself in 3D. So I would share those three things. Modeling, discovering your passion, which is going to drive how much fear you have or how much desire you have, how much passion you have when you're speaking for you to really get out there and speak. And then three, this whole thing about 3D. And then I would share a fourth one. Get out there and speak and speak and speak and speak and speak. Um, just get out there and speak and practice. Okay. So I hope that that's, hope that that's helpful. All right. Uh, any other questions? Let's see. Sometimes when I try to model you and focus on your image, my mind tries to flip the image or rotate it just to distract myself from using my new speaking style. What do you do in this case? So if you're trying to model someone, there's just different ways to activate modeling. Some people can pull in an image of their model. Other people, it's an audio of their model. For some people, it's neither one. It's that they actually do something that their model does. And it could be hand gestures. It could be posture. It could be the, the rhythm of the cadence of their speech, voice inflection, pitch, right? So you figure out what is it that I can do that my model does that when I do it, I feel like my model. So it may not be an image, may not be an auditory, maybe something physically. You find out what it is, what things you can do, what thing you do that activates, that triggers your model, and then you do that. You keep getting out there doing it. The key is to get out there and put yourself in speak situations and continue to activate that over and over. The other thing is spending time with your model. I probably spent thousands, and I still listen to my mom, no, not thousands, tens of thousands of hours listening to my model. A lot less time watching, but a lot more time listening to my model. So it was imprinted. So I didn't even have to rethink. I could speak like my model because I listened to him so much. So you have to spend that time. Oh, it's it's a little it's a little fuzzy. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll we'll wrap it up now. Maybe my computer is getting tired. Um, hopefully, you guys can see me. But we're going to wrap it up. Uh, let's see if there's any other pressing questions. 
here in a minute. So someone asked, if your weakness is speaking too fast, should you practice the modeling clips by speaking super slow? Uh, you can do both. You want to practice at the same speed, but you might start out practicing speaking super slow. But you don't want to practice all the time super slow because that's not the way you're going to speak in regular conversations. So you can do a combination of both things, super slow and regular speed. Okay. Uh, one more question and then we'll wrap it up. I recently started studying. Let me just try to stop my video and start it back up again. If that helps or not, it just could be that my computer's getting tired. I recently started studying about the Valsalva maneuver impact on our stone. I think that that's the base of our stone. What are your views on this? So the Valsalva maneuver is when, basically when, uh, your airway just closes up, boom, it stops the air from flowing. That's just one aspect of disfluency, one aspect, not the only aspect. If you focus on just the mechanics of speaking, you're going to leave out the whole psychological side. So for sure, people struggle with their airways closing up. And there's various mechanical techniques that you can do to help with that. But there's a whole psychological side that when you're relaxed, when you feel more confident, that doesn't happen. So that's why you want to look at something that's holistic, that deals with the psychological and the physiological side of speech. Because if you just focus on the one, you may not get everything you need, which is where a lot of programs just focus on the one side. Some may dabble in the psychological. Pro90D focuses uh, profoundly in both areas. Both areas are important. So if you're just like, okay, how do I open that up? What do I need to do? You may be missing the whole point. The whole point is to practice speaking like your model when you're very relaxed. Then practice speaking like your model when you're under a little bit of pressure. Forgetting about you're forgetting about getting stuff, forgetting about your breath. Just practice this way. And what you'll find is that, oh, wow, I am able to do that. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, all right. We're going to wrap it up here. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Um, sorry about the video. Not sure what that is. Probably just my computer getting a little tired now. So we'll see you guys the next time. Look for the email that will have the replay and some links. All right. So we'll see you next time.